As the Homosexuals and Lesbians Declare Pride Month and take pride in being homosexuals and lesbians and parade and wave their flags, we read scriptures such as Romans chapter 1, verses 26 through 28 from the Bible. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. We hold out a light of the Word of God in the midst of the darkness of this entire world which demands their rights to sin against God. We hold out a light concerning divorce and remarriage and their rights to divorce and remarriage. We hold out a light such as the following. Mark chapter 10, verses 11-12. Jesus said unto them, Whosoever shall put away his wife and marry another committeth adultery against her. And if a woman shall put away her husband and be married to another, she committeth adultery. Matthew chapter 5 verse 32, And whosoever marries her who is divorced committeth adultery. So we hold out the light of the word of God in the midst of great darkness that exists today over the entire world. And as the women say they have a right to make a choice on abortion, we hold out a light from Psalm 127, verse 3. Children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As a woman decides to have that abortion and cut off part of her own flesh, we basically plead with her not to destroy herself because you aren't just destroying an unwanted child. You are destroying a heritage of the Lord. You are destroying the right for your parents to have that grandchild. You're destroying the right for your brothers and sisters to have that niece or nephew. And if you have other children, you are destroying the right for the other children to have a brother or sister. But worst of all, you're destroying yourself. The woman in our church group had an abortion before she was born again. And 30 or 40 years later, she was still saying she couldn't forget that child. She couldn't forget how old that child would be at this point in time. She couldn't forget the child. 
in her case, her husband wanted her to have the abortion. It was his child. She had two other children by a previous husband. And he was very good to the other two children and treated them as his own children. But then when she became pregnant and he had his own child, he wanted her to kill the child. She wasn't born again at that time. She said even on the way to the abortion, she was hoping he would change his mind, but he didn't. So that child was murdered and never had a life. But as you grow older and you're alone, do you remember that child that you might have had who might be a joy to you now, that might be a comfort to you? See, you've done something by abortion that you probably will never be able to forget as long as you live on this earth. You might be saved. You might be saved to go to heaven. But you murdered your child. So I plead basically with all women who are thinking of having an abortion, don't destroy yourself. For you not only destroy that child, you destroy your own flesh, your own flesh. You see, we are lights out here in this darkness because we're going to plead the word of God with you that you might have life. For the darkness of this world is not life. And the darkness of the churches that would approve your sin is not life. Life is the word of God from the Holy Bible. You destroy your own self when you do these sins. So in the midst of the darkness of the world and the darkness of the apostate churches who approve sin, we're going to plead with you to save yourself. In the midst of the great darkness of this world and the apostate churches who demand a right for the individuals to live as they please on this earth, we present the Word of God, which becomes a constant doubt about their rights to sin. And as they take pride in their sins, we keep presenting the Word of God concerning the sins. By the Word, this has to cause some to wonder about their right to live as they please on this earth. A woman who teaches tennis said to me how much she wants to win. I was thinking about that the other day. I don't want to win. I will win because I know I'm holding on to the word of God. And that is victory for each of us who do that. Holding on to those scriptures, not letting go, no matter what it's like out there in the world, no matter what your church says, you hold on to that scripture. There was a church in the book of Revelation named Sardis. 
In Revelation chapter 3, Jesus sent the angel of the church of Sardis to deliver a message to the church of Sardis. And Jesus said even in Sardis, as bad as it was, there were some who were worthy and would walk in white with him. So you might be in the worst church in the world and still be worthy. But you might grieve a lot over the sins that you're going to see in that church. And you might be troubled a lot, unnecessarily. But you still might be worthy, even if you're in the very worst church. It will be much harder for a person to hang on to the Word of God in that setting. But it's bad enough if we turn on television and they speak their doctrines of the world. And they speak about their rights in this world. And we hear all their sins. If we don't hear the word of God, and we don't go back to the word of God, we might not hang on. And you think once saved, always saved? Let's read Revelation chapter 3, verse 5. He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment. And Jesus says, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. What about that statement? Don't we see that some people's names will be blotted out of the book of life? But with the ones that overcome through God, Jesus says, they'll be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. And if we hold on to Scripture and we confess that Scripture to other people and share the Word of God with others as is appropriate when the door is open, when a person says, What do you think about homosexuals? and you share that Word of God from the Bible, and say, this is what God says, and it's my role to agree with God while I'm on earth. This shows what God thinks about it. And you quote that exact scripture, Romans 1.26, For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. What do you think about divorce remarriage? The man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. That's what Jesus says. It's not what I think. It's what I reconstruct myself by the word of God to agree with. For those of us who agree with the word of God, the Holy Bible, and what Jesus says on the subject, in the day of judgment, where we all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, where we receive for what we have done, whether it be good or bad on this earth, agreeing with God will be an important factor for us. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Second 
Corinthians chapter 5. Start at verse 9. Wherefore we labor, that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him, of Jesus, of God. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every one may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. So the homosexual says, Do you support homosexuals and lesbians? A woman said that to me just this year. What did I answer? I showed her several scriptures of what God has to say about homosexuals and lesbians. Actually, I wrote those scriptures out so she would have them in writing. And I mailed them to her by U.S. mail so she could read those scriptures. It's not what I think. It's what God thinks that matters. As we share with people that which God says, we have reason to hope at the judgment seat of Christ because we are agreeing with God. I don't go around speaking things until the door is open. But when the door is open, that's when we speak. That woman is the tennis coach that I told you about, and I had bought some tennis wristbands of bright colors because I thought they were pretty. I need wristbands on my wrists sometimes because I have broken both wrists and have trouble. And I thought they would support my wrist a little bit. So I got on Amazon and I ordered these wristbands. They had all kinds of colors, but one of them was bright colors, bands of colors. And this woman who's the tennis coach came to our house one day, and she came in my room to visit with me. And I said, do you know what this is? And I showed her my wristbands. I was so proud of having the wristbands to help me. And she's a tennis coach. I said, do you know what this is? She said, tennis wristbands? She said, does that mean you support gays and lesbians? And I was shocked. What do tennis wristbands have to do with gays and lesbians, I thought. And I said, all I could say at that moment was, uh, no, I don't think so. Later, I sent her all the scriptures on the subject. I was so shocked that she would have asked a question. What can a tennis wristband have to do with homosexuals and lesbians? I went to Amazon to the place where I'd purchased the wristbands. It didn't say a word about homosexuals or lesbians. These are tennis wristbands. Later, I remembered that I'd seen a parade on television news of homosexuals and lesbians, and some people were waving flags. And I remembered that they had bright-colored flags with a lots of color in them. And then I realized those bright colors in the tennis wristbands must 
have triggered her to ask if I support gays and lesbians because she's probably a lesbian. She had tried two other times to find out if I supported lesbians, but I didn't catch on those other two times that that's what she was wanting to know. But this time she directly said to me, does this mean you support gays and lesbians? I don't call them gays. I call them homosexuals. But she called them that. It's all around us. And if you work out in the world, you've been conditioned to be very careful about what you say on that subject. How can I present this on podcast that goes all over the world? How can I write this on our blog that goes all over the world? How can I put this on Twitter, which goes all over the world? Because I say... Homosexuals and lesbians, what the Bible says. I'm simply quoting the Bible. So if you want to throw out all the Bible, you can come after me. But I don't think anybody is really quite to the level yet where they want to discard the Bible. Because if you discard the Bible with one person, You have to discard it with every person on your broadcast schedule. I'm quoting what the Bible says. I'm quoting what the Bible says about divorce and remarriage. And I'm quoting what the Bible says about abortion. I'm quoting what the Bible says about drunkenness and hatred and other sins of the flesh of man. For Paul said, you will not inherit the kingdom of God if you do these things. Unless you repent and turn from your sins. The woman taken in adultery was brought before Jesus. The example in John chapter 8. And Jesus said to her, go and sin no more. You can't keep committing adultery after you have been forgiven. You can't keep living the way you used to live. But who wants to? If you're born again, which of us want to go back and live the other way? When we're born again, when we hear the word of God and see our sin and are born again, We are grateful to God that he saved us from our sins. We don't want to go back and live in them. If you go back and live with them, you are not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Because listen to this passage of scripture. There are four different passages of scripture that say the same thing. But we'll read Hebrews chapter 6. Start at verse 4. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away, to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. For the earth which drinketh in the rain that cometh oft upon it, and bringeth forth 
herbs meet for them by whom it is dressed, receiveth blessings from God. But that which beareth thorns and briars is rejected, and is nigh unto cursing, whose end is to be burned. Peter says it would have been better if you'd never known the way of righteousness than to know the way of righteousness and then turn from it. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 20. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, they are entangled again therein and overcome. The latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it has happened unto them according to the true proverb, the dog is returned to his own vomit again and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. That's Second Peter chapter 2, verses 20 through 22. And in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26, If we sin willfully after the knowledge of the truth, there remains no more sacrifice for sins. So don't think that you're going to be able to do these sins and then go to some preacher and confess your sins and have him forgive you and be all right because you're not going to be. That's not going to happen. You're going to be crucifying Jesus a second time because there's no more sacrifice for that sin once you've been enlightened and forgiven. And then go back to that sin. There's no more sacrifice for that sin. I've read three sections of scripture to you showing you that. But which of us want to? I know what my life was like before I was born again. I don't want to go back to that. I don't even want to go back to making my own choices. I want to be led by the Spirit of God. I want that sure thing. For God knows the future, and when you hear from Him, You can go forward in faith and have a great anchor for your faith because it was God who told you you could do this thing. When you hear from him by his spirit. A lot of people have not heard by his spirit. And they try to have faith that they can go out there, these ministers, and build their church buildings and go in debt and do all these things. One recently wanted me to give him a blessing because he was going to try to build a new church building. And I said, I want to hear how God spoke to you to tell you to do this church building, to build it. Tell me what God said. I never heard anything from him after that. I think he wanted me to bless him without hearing what God had said to him. In 2018, December 2018, I fell at my house in Texas. 
As the ambulance workers were rolling me past the front door of my house on a gurney, I heard from God the Holy Spirit brought this to my mind. You'll never see this house again. I put the house up for sale. And one of our church members said, I I don't see how you can do this. And I said, well, I heard from God that I would never see this house again. The house was on the real estate market for a year and a half before it sold. I was moved from Texas to Colorado to live in the home of one of our church members. And so the house sold while I was in Colorado. I never saw the house again. Now, how could I go forward by faith? I've heard from God. I can go forward with assurance. I'll never see this house again. What do I need with a house in Texas when I live in Colorado if I'll never see the house again? One of the things the Holy Spirit does, according to Jesus, is shows you things to come. That's in John Chapter 16, verse 13. And sometimes he does show you things to come. You'll never see this house again. So you can go forth in assurance. When I was 82 years old, I suppose, I was considering putting new upholstery on the front seats of my old car. And I heard a word from God by the Spirit of God. As I was thinking about putting new upholstery on the front car seat, I heard, or you could just buy a new car. And that's a tone of a voice I heard it in. Or you could just buy a new car. I was being given an option. I was being shown a better way to go by God. It'd be better to just go buy a new car rather than to put new upholstery on this 25-year-old car. Not only that, I had just sold the house in Texas. I had the money from the sale of the house sitting in the bank account. I could easily buy a new car, pay cash for it, and have money left over. Plus, I had the assurance from God that I wasn't going to need that money that I'd spent for that new car in the future. God knows the future, so if he tells you you could do something, he is saying to you, you're not going to need that money in the future. So you go forward in assurance, and that's how it works when we belong to God and have the Holy Spirit of God in us. And he is showing us the better way of life for us to go. I know we will win. I know we will win because we're hearing from God and following him. Romans chapter 8 verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. In Matthew 24 verses 30-31, Jesus says, After the great tribulation, and then shall appear 
the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. They won't be happy. They will mourn. Why? They weren't following God. They weren't following the Holy Bible. They weren't following the scriptures. They were demanding their own rights to live the way they please on this earth. They were living in pride that they're homosexuals and lesbians. Well, when they see Jesus coming through the clouds, they're going to mourn. The Bible tells us this. Common sense tells us this. Unless they repent and turn from the way they're living and turn to the Bible, they'll be mourning when Jesus reveals himself. And verse 31 of Matthew 24 says, And he, Jesus, shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. But all the tribes of the earth are going to mourn when they see Jesus. But the elect of God will rejoice. Look with me at 1 Thessalonians. Chapter 5, verses 3 through 9. For when they shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light. And the children of the day, we are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken, are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and for an helmet, the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the word of God. A thought came to me, you're 83. What will you do if this happens? What are you going to do if that happens? And I'm I'm just terrified. And I say, oh, God, help me. And I hear this word from the Holy Spirit. God will supply all your need. And I say, oh, yes, that's right. If that happens, God will supply my need. If this happens, God will supply my need. There is no problem. For if I have a need, God will supply it. See, I've heard from God. All right, we are not appointed to wrath. The devil will try to bring us thoughts to trouble us. But we turn to God, help me. And we obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, the Word of God. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9. 
For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, the Word of God. So God will give us the Word of God, and by belief in that Word of God, we hold on and endure. And Jesus says in Matthew 24, Because iniquity abounds in the last days, the love of many will grow cold. But he that endures to the end will be saved. And Revelation 3, remember that? He who overcomes, I will not blot his name out of the book of life. So as long as we live on this earth, it's a matter of overcoming by calling on God, and he gives us the word of God, and we believe that word of God and rejoice in that word of God and overcome. And he that overcomes unto the end, the same will be saved. To the end of your life on this earth or until Jesus returns to gather the elect from off this earth. We endure by calling on God for help in the midst of the concern or the trouble or the trial. And he helps us by giving us the word of God. And we believe that and hold on to it to the end. And we take each problem as it comes, each concern as it comes, and we call on God again, over and over and over. At this point in time, I don't have any concern of any type. Tomorrow, there might be one pop up. Tonight, there could be one pop up. Well, you call on God for help. And he helps you by sending his word to you by the Holy Spirit of God, bringing it to your mind. So what are we going to fear? God is with us to help us to the end of our life. There's a scripture which says God will be our guide even unto the end of the world, of our world. So in my case, we write our books on Amazon, sharing the word. And we produce podcasts sharing the word. And we write on internet on our blog, sharing the word. And we write daily on Twitter, showing God's word. Philippians chapter 2, verses 13 through 16. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do all things without murmurings and disputings, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life. Through the darkness that surrounds man all over this world, this very great darkness, as we draw nearer to the return of Jesus and the end of this present heaven and earth, we are a small light. And everyone who happens across our path hears the hope 
of the Word of God that comes through us. 2 Timothy 3.16 All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that we go in the way of God, through the Word of God. Thank you for allowing me to share this with you today.